0: And it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello wrestling fans and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We are back in the saddle and Nate and Aaron are here with you. And uh, this week's show is going to have three different lists we're going to discuss. <laughs> we're going to discuss uh, who we think are five guys that were better outside of WWE slash WWF. Um, had the better parts of their career outside that company. Um, we're going to discuss five great, our favorite five great feel-good moments in wrestling history. And our five favorite TV shows. So, Aaron, what's going on?
1: Well, um, somebody else is back in the saddle and that's Bruce Pritchard. Yes, apparently he is. Bruce Pritchard back yes. with the WWE. So next month y'all can get on Stitcher and uh get ready to listen to the news something to wrestle with. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> How's it going, Freddie?
0: Chat me up, Freddie. Chat me up, Freddie. <laughs> we know Freddie Prince don't need blue chew. <laughs> but if you need blue chew. chew. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> on another thread, somebody another wrestling Facebook page, somebody put like they were looking for a new go, new show, and this guy said, "You should watch Deadwood," and I made that joke. <laughs> Blue Chew Conrad says, "Hey, hey, hey! It's Conrad. If you got Deadwood, head on over to BlueChew.com right now." <laughs>
0: Yeah, and if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna really feel awkward, listen to the Eric Bischoff Blue Chew segments. Yeah. You know, I was giving my wife anal this morning. Yeah, I was running it up. <laughs> Blowing them guts out. It's good stuff. He always starts with like I was just having my morning coffee. And then I brought her some coffee and before <laughs> I knew it I was in the butt. Was it? <laughs> oh shit.
2: <laughs> well <I'm> we-
0: <laughs> And also speaking of classic wrestling What's your opinion, uh, real quick? We'll get this out of the way too. What's your opinion of uh, the entire stable of DX going into the Hall of Fame?
1: I'm okay with it.
0: It's a way, it's a good way to sneak China in. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know with uh, which I mean I don't understand why what she did outside WWE is such a big fucking deal anyway, but it's a good way to sneak her into the Hall of Fame without having to, I guess. I
1: mean, Sonny made porn, and they left her in. Yeah.
0: And she went to jail again, apparently,
1: yesterday. Yeah. But um, I think... think... It's like when everybody complained that, like, 2014, when everybody's complaining about Abdullah the Butcher being in, is he gave people hepatitis. You know? Yeah. It's like, so did Sonny. She's still in there. So did, almost, Bob Orton Jr. Possibly Ric Flair.
0: (laughs) 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 Ric Ric Flair. <laughs> Rick Flair turned seventy this week. Yes he did. And uh David Arquette gave him a weird looking marinette or whatever. <laughs> it's marionette. creepy. I, did you see I commented on that picture on one of the wrestling did you see what I commented? Oh. It was like if Ric Flair was in DC follies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. It was like, I said kill it. Kill
1: it with fucking fire. <laughs>
0: It was pretty creepy. <laughs> and then I was
1: on this other, I was a, I joined this other wrestling Facebook page for a minute and I made a comment on something and the guy was like, shut up, you Mark. I was like, oh, you're a wrestler? And he was like, no. I was like, well, then your name's Mark too.
0: <laughs> and he probably didn't even get it. <laughs>
1: no. So I quit the group. hate when people other fans call other fans marks it's like we're all marks you moron
2: <laughs>
1: it's true and there's also this contingency of people and you know me i'm not like you know i don't watch raw every week i'm critical sometimes of the wwe and but it it, it goes all like right now it's turning into this thing that was like almost like in the 80s where if it's outside of the WWE, oh, it's great. But if it's in the WWE, it's terrible. Yep. And I think that's the wrong like the like when you listen to people talking about old wrestling, they're the same way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this this and this was in Japan and it was amazing and it was it was totally better than what the WWF was doing. It's like now it was different. It why not be the the reason that I'm bringing this up. Is and then we could go on to the top well, no five.
0: That, but you saying that I'm gonna I'm gonna slaughter a sacred cow go ahead with your thought but you saying that makes me go ahead
1: I was listening to this podcast and these two guys were talking about like greatest matches and this that and the other thing and one guy said that was the uh, it wasn't the greatest match on his list but he was talking they were talking about the Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat mm-hmm. and for one the guy said well this isn't good. As great as people say because uh, every minute of it was choreographed. It's like, well, heaven forbid you want to go out there and, you know.
0: Put on a good show for these
1: people. Put on a good show for these people. The other guy said, you know, this was a good match, but I think it would have been much better if it was in the NWA. What? It would have been the same match.
0: (laughs) Actually... And it would have been in a darker, dingier arena, fuck-ass. Yeah, but
1: still, I mean, it would have been much better. I think this feud and match would have been much better if it was in the NWA. And I'm an NWA fan. You know that.
0: hmm Well, what I was about to say was, sometimes people praise things like, okay, I'm going to slaughter a sacred cow here, I think, for some of the old-school wrestling fans. Um, you know, I'm a... I'm a Aaron, those of you that don't know, when we were kids, Aaron was a much bigger NWAWCW mark than I was. Um, I like NWAWCW, but I was always more a WWF guy, right? Yes. And I was always a Memphis guy. I like Memphis. Now, what I will say is this. Some, a promotion that gets so much praise all the time from a lot of people and is super overrated in my opinion especially as i watch it back now is world class championship wrestling world class championship wrestling is overrated and here's why if you if you actually watch world class championship wrestling continuously like episode to episode world class championship wrestling is actually kind of boring um the Von Erichs feuded with the Freebirds for, it seemed like, an entire presidential administration. Like, you would have, like, the main event one week would be Kerry versus Gordy. And then the next week, it would be, be Kerry versus Hayes. And then the next week, it would be a, some six-man with the Freebirds and the Von Erichs, And then next week, it's the Freebirds and the Von Erichs again. And, I mean, yeah. they they'd do the same matches over and over and over again. Feuds, and that, not that feuds need to be quick, that's not what I'm saying, but... You know, people criticize WWE now for having main event, like, they have, you know, you could, you, you never, no, nothing on a pay-per-view feels special because you do the big matches every week and the guys are on every week. If you watch World Class Championship Wrestling, it was like the Von Erichs fighting the Freebirds every week, and then they try to build some big show where it was the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds, like... Mm-hmm. It's really actually quite boring, and it's not that it all sucks. That's not what I'm saying, but I think that promotion's like way overrated. Yeah, it'd
1: be, <laughs> it'd probably be like you know, the second to last one. That if I was like, I'm gonna watch the entire run of a company, it would be, that would be second to last.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you watch a few episodes and you pretty much get the gist. I mean, it's
1: <laughs> the last would be uh, AWA. Oh, oof. <laughs>
0: Yeah, AWA pretty fucking boring. They <laughs> had good promos and stuff. But... Yeah. And some really good matches. But, yeah. like, like uh, what'd Blassie say? You had to go through all the boring shit. To yeah, get he to said
1: Lou Thez was exciting, but you had, or like, yeah, he said everybody talks about how great Lou was, but nobody talks about all the boring shit you had to sit through to get to him. It's kind of that's
0: how I'd feel about like Henning and Bachwinkle, you know? Yeah, Henning Bachwinkle great, but look at all the shit I had to sit through to get to it. This Colonel, yeah. this Colonel de Beer's guy. What?
2: <laughs> what is this He's trash
0: <laughs> against Derek Dukes? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Anyway, <laughs> I guess we'll go on with our first list here. Okay, five guys that were better outside WWE. We're going to go back and forth, Yeah, you you're going to do yours, and then I'll do mine. No, we'll go back and forth, and you can go first, actually. All right,
1: um, no particular order, except the last one I'm going to talk about. So, the first uh, name, or names, I guess you could say names on my list, would be the Steiner Brothers.
0: I'll agree with that one. Most definitely. I mean, the Steiner
1: Brothers were all right in the WWF, but... I just and and some of these is going to be like, you know, I know they didn't have very long of a run in the WWF mm-hmm. obviously, but I just think that WCW as as a whole knew how to promote those guys and push those guys better than what
0: they did and and they're they're one of and, and the reason you know that is because there's certain wrestlers when you think of them, you think of a certain promotion. Yeah. And when I think of the Steiner brothers, I think of early 90s WCW. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with you on that one and in a
1: lot of ways, other than a few matches that they had, Vince and the WWF slowed him down you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah he, and that's they were the Steiner brothers were they were in my opinion made to be fast high impact.
0: My favorite
1: mouth wrestling, you know
0: what I mean. My favorite Steiner brothers in the WWF match is their match against the Beverly Brothers at Royal Rumble '93. Because that's this, a good
1: match. Mine is their match with the Head Shrinkers at WrestleMania '9. Yeah, yeah, those two are the just beating the fuck, out <laughs> they
0: just beat the shit out of each other.
1: <laughs> Offy even cracks the fuck out of Scotty with that kendo stick, that or they call bamboo stick or yeah. whatever. But that's my favorite Steiner brothers match in the WWF. <laughs> And the Beverly brothers are an underrated tag team. Yes. Yes. Talked Absolutely. about that plenty of times. Then Mike, you know, it's Mark.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, that, I definitely agree on the Steiner brothers. Um, first guy on my list, uh, I enjoyed him much more. I enjoyed the way he was booked and used much more in WCW than the WWE, and that was Rey Mysterio Jr. All right. I think that I, I, I think that in in WCW with who he is and what he is, Rey Mysterio could just be Rey Mysterio if that makes sense. Yeah. And in the WWE, he was either booked as just a nice sympathy character or they tried to book him with people he for his size and stuff he probably shouldn't have even been in the ring with. And as his career rode on, it's it almost seemed like if you notice, like probably after after his title run in 06, from like '07 to 2010, it just kind of felt like Ray gave up.
1: Well, I think and, for one, for one, I think he was. It's oh, how do like? We just talked about Scott Steiner, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Scott Steiner is the... The Tale of Two Scotties, you know what I mean? Yeah. Scott Steiner pre-1998, like 1998, then there's Scott Steiner after 1998. <laughs> and I know it's not the same thing, but I think Ray is the Tale of Two Rays. He went to WWF, and it was a di- he, he got there and he worked a difference. St- he was a bit heavier, you know, he's getting a little older. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the same thing I just said about the Steiners was when he got there, it wasn't, they didn't They didn't want their cruiserweights and their lightweights to go out there and just have the, and I'm not saying it's better and I'm not saying it's worse and I'm not disagreeing with you, but they didn't want the car
0: crash, you know what I mean? Well, and the way the WWE books wrestling, the way Vince McMahon books a wrestling card, he doesn't. The goal is never for it's for not anything to ever be to outshine the main event. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you would even the cruiserweights in the WWE WWE would have to you know they they could have a great cruiserweight match, but don't you be outshining you know Triple H and Randy Orton or whatever. Whereas in WCW, the way they booked a show, it was like five people booked the show. You know, so yeah. the, the card. The car didn't stack well. I mean, you can look at that from the fact that when you watch a, old, a 90s WCW pay-per-view, you're, like, jacked through the whole thing till you get to the main events. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah, I got Who gives a shit? <laughs> we gave you Guerrero and Mysterio. You could fucking watch Hogan and Piper suck wind for 15 minutes. <laughs> so, anyway, there it is, Rey Mysterio. Who's next?
1: Um, this is one that I don't know if you're going to agree with or not. Um, it would be Mang. I liked Mang and Mang Haku, whatever you want to call him. I enjoyed him more in WCW than I did in the WWF.
2: Hmm.
1: For the similar reason of the reason that I like the Steiner Brothers better. When Haku was in the WWF, and even when he was in WCW, he was... he was a, I don't want to say jobber, but he was like, you know the guy that was going to go out there and have a good match with Hogan, but he wasn't going to win the belt. He was going to have a good match, as good of a match as he had could have with the Ultimate Warrior, but he wasn't going to win the belt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. And but, but when he got to WCW, he was like, WCW accentuated how dangerous he actually was. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he might not win the match, but it's he he usually didn't win because he got disqualified or somebody busted a chair over his head or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. And then when he was with Barbarian, they were like probably in the top five of my favorite tag teams of the nineties were the Faces of Fear. Those guys were fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, I I'm sold. I'm sold. I see what you're saying. Um, like Faces of Fear were great like fucking like Haku would just
1: backdrop a motherfucker <laughs> in a bar- barbarian and be like you better catch him and he just backdrop him a barbarian catch that motherfucker and give him a powerbomb in the middle of the ring it was fucking great <laughs> then when he got that big afro that was even better yep. yeah I, lo- I-, I like me some Mang and WCW
0: I um I, I yeah, I can definitely see that. I I'm sold on that on that, on that theory. Alright. Next is I actually liked this guy better in WCW than I did in the WWE. And that's ravishing Rick Rude.
1: He was full disclosure, top on my list. Okay.
0: Rick Rude was definitely better in WCW. I think it was almost because in my opinion and you 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 can tell me if you if this is the reason you think I think that in WCW Rick Rude's character was much cooler because Rick, Rick Rude's character was much more of a badass. Yeah. Like he you know in WWF because it's WWF and it's the 80s like the ravishing gimmick was very bodacious and outrageous and you know with the not that it was bad he was a great fucking heel in the WWF. Yeah. But in WCW, much like you said with, 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 with Meng, actually, Rude felt more dangerous in WCW.
1: Yeah, and there it wasn't that he was like the ravishing part of it was almost just a nickname. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't his his gimmick wasn't that he was I mean he did like the, you know, s um rat but like he was a he was a how uh, like yeah. Just an abusive, mean, badass guy. Mm-hmm. And he – I think, like, him – I don't want to say – Like, you know, when he was in WC in WWF, he was, like, leaner, and he was more jacked and everything and shaved and everything. But when he got to WCW, he had, like, a bigger – like, a thicker physique. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he got rid of the – he got rid of his, like, big bushy hair and all that, and he just became a badass – and i've heard people say that they thought it was because he was like a big fish in a little pond and i don't think that's what it is i think the guy just he he got in there and he finally had the
0: he had the ability uh, he had the ability ugh, he had the ability to to shape more of his own character
1: yeah and i mean and he, did, it, he, it, he wasn't he wasn't typecast into this like you know he, he was never going to get over, like, a Randy Savage or a Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. or a Ted DiBiase or anybody like that. It just wasn't going to happen for him. Right. And when he got to WCW, and I'm not even saying this because, like I said, he was, like, you know, in a lot of ways, he was better than those guys. hmm And I know people are like, oh, better than Randy Savage. Or better than Randy Savage. Just like, well, mate. No,
0: I I would say that. I think, I think Rude was overall, like... What do I want to say? Rude, Rude, Rude was a better... I think Rude was a better heel than Randy Savage. Yeah. Um. The only guy that you listed that I would say I don't think Rude... And that's because I kind of classify him in a different era is Ted DiBiase. Um, well, I just meant like he
1: wasn't ever going to be a bigger heel in that company than Ted DiBiase. Right,
2: right. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Because I, I don't think
1: he was ever given a chance. And I know a lot of times people are like, Oh, he got he got held back. or the, the, And then it sounds like it's sour grapes mm-hmm. or whatever, but I think Rick Rude really was
0: held back a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go, Rick Rude. Who's next on your list? Well, apparently Rude was also on your list. Yeah, but, so
1: I got two more left. Okay. Um, Lex Luger. Yes. And and I know everybody's going to say, but there was a run there in, like, the late 80s into, like, the early '90s, Relax was actually really good.
0: He was, it, I mean, he benefited from opponents in that, and that's not that's not a knock. I'm just saying, I know what run you're talking about. We're talking about like from Starcade '88 to like early '90. Yeah,
1: when he was like with
0: Harley, Har- and... He, it, well, and he had. Oh, well, you're talking about a different time then. Cause well, I'm I, just saying, like I'm, there was. I'm a time ta- I'm of, like... ta- I'm talking about the time when he. He wrestled Flair at Starcade 88 and they had a good match and he had good matches with Flair and then he went into a feud with Steamboat and then he went he had a feud with Barry Windham like he yeah, had, that's what he I'm had saying. a year that's, there those were where... all
1: good. And and then when it when he when he had that like last run as the champion or whatever before he went to work for Vince it, like from that from that first time he wrestled Flair or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that time frame to when he was the heel champ with Harley Race and then anything after that like he, when he went to WWF he was terrible up there
0: yeah his his horrible. his his entire WWF run is ass like and then he, he, even then the, by the time even the narcissist ahead. even the, the whole thing like the narcissist the made in the US he's just boring in WWF yeah. like <laughs> then when he get, and then when he went back it was just it
1: wasn't what it was you know i thought i think the guy when he went to the WWF lost it -hmm. He was getting Lex Luger when he was like first was with the Horsemen. He wasn't very good, right? But he was surrounded with Horsemen, and then he got in. Like you said, he got in there with guys like Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Flying Brian, Barry Windham, Mm -hmm. all these different guys. And you're if you're any if you're not gonna do it if you're gonna do one thing you're gonna get better working with people like that. And then he went to the WWF, and it was just a complete. It was a complete fart in church. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I agree. Somebody they interviewed Davy Boy Smith once in a raw magazine, and they asked him, "What's the best rib any? What's the what's the funniest rib anybody ever did to you? Or what's the worst rib anybody ever did to you?" And he was like, "When they teamed me up with Lex Luger."
0: <laughs> I just thought that was funny. So next on my list, a guy that, and and this is multiple promotions multiple promotions outside of WWF and he was better he was better in all of them to me personally he was better used and better highlighted and was able to do more and showcase more in in not only the NWA but Japan and ECW and that's Bam Bam Bigelow Yeah um, I think Bigelow had a cool run in the WWF, especially like the 93 heel run when he was having the matches with Bret Hart and stuff. I mean, he had moments in the WWF. But, I mean, my, okay, I am, folks, and as you know from listening to the show, I am probably the least fan of ECW that hosts in this show. My favorite Bam Bam Bigelow is Bam Bam Bigelow and ECW. Yeah, when he's just beating the shit out of people. Yeah, ECW ECW was to Bam Bam Bigelow like WWF was to Sid. You know what I mean? It was like Sid. Sid just fit the WWF. Bam Bam fit ECW. And, yeah, I mean, my favorite Bam Bam stuff's in ECW. I agree. They had a really cool feud with Taz and... uh, Yeah, so he has a, he
1: has a match in a Starcade with uh, Barry Windham that's really good. Starcade eighty, and, and I think it's, and I know I was just saying you know like oh people say things are be- Bam Bam benefited because I think in that early run or whatever he had better competition. Yeah, you know, yes. like a W. His... Like how how is Bam Bam Bigelow and the One Man Gang supposed to have a good match? <laughs> I
0: was about to say his first run in the WWF, like he's wrestling One Man Gang, he's wrestling a very rundown Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy. Like it was like they weren't doing him any favors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this
1: guy can go. I don't, why not put him in there with like a Ted DiBiase or
2: mm-hmm.
1: or Rick Root? somebody like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. He can, the guy can wrestle. Yeah, let him wrestle.
0: I always thought a cool oh. feud would have been Bam Bam Bigelow and Bad News Brown, too. I thought they yeah. had a cool program. Since he was a face, I don't know why, but,
1: like, and I'm not even saying he had to win the belt, but I don't I don't know why, but I think Bam Bam Bigelow versus the <laughs> in like a, Honky Tonk Man
2: and like, a
1: Saturday Night's Main Event intercontinental feud would be yeah. fun.
0: Honky Tonk being fucking petrified of the guy. Yeah. He
1: <laughs> would have been good.
0: And then also also wwf didn't do him any favors by putting that what fucking name was oliver humperdink <laughs> al- uh, albatross around his neck either
1: people like like the for like florida yeah. fans or whatever like we love oliver humperdink you know i don't know, i haven't seen a lot of florida mm. okay i'm going to admit it so maybe he was good there but oliver humperdink was trash <laughs> Like everything i see like that it's like why are you around humperdink
0: yeah if you go back and watch some of the Mid Atlantic stuff from like eighty three, early eighty four, and he's got one man gang. He's managing one man gang. He's got a couple other guys. Yeah, he's butt there too. I never liked. I never liked Humper Dink.
1: Then he was like
0: Big Daddy Domp or whatever big, when he was with
1: Freebirds. D- big Daddy
0: Dink. That was yeah. the best part of his career, honestly, because he just he didn't do anything. He just he, was he just a stood there. Yeah, looked <laughs> like a squid Billy. I don't like that. <laughs> Well, your your next guy, he said you got well, you got one left now.
1: Yeah, cuz you took Rude off my list right. and um we were just talking about people being better in like ECW and WCW and that would be the last name on my list would be Raven.
0: Yeah. I agree. I mean, I know it's
1: a no-brainer. But yeah, Raven.
0: Raven uh the Raven character, it's funny. Because you would think that the Raven character would have translated best to WCW and or to ECW and WWF, but for some reason, even in the environment it was in, the Raven char- character worked in WCW.
1: Yeah. So and yeah. it's because Eric Bischoff's got on record of not liking Raven or get liking the gimmick or like liking Scott Levy but not liking the gimmick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I would I obviously have no insider information on it, but I would assume that a lot of raven stuff probably went like you know it was probably in wcw it's probably raven and kevin sullivan that's you right. know? yeah yeah and kevin sullivan is a as they always say likes to book heat
0: and he likes and, and he likes to book cult shit too so yeah like
1: raven worked best when he had flunkies and people around him because mm-hmm. honestly scott levy's not the greatest wrestler right. in the world right
0: <laughs> and like,
1: scott levy probably admit to you that he's not the greatest he, wrestler in the world he
0: does remember who he said his favorite opponent to wrestle is Oh, yeah, Sandman. Sandman, because Sandman would just bump around him. He didn't have to do anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and it worked in those other companies because they gave him other people around him so he could have all the sizzle because there wasn't much steak. You know what yeah. I mean?
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. When he went to WWF, they always just put him out there as Raven. And I'm not saying he
0: sucked in the WWF, mm-hmm. but
1: WWF didn't know what to do with him. Yeah.
0: Well, and... As a, as a closing thought on Raven, I'll say, smell my mustache. <laughs> All right, so I have two left. The first one, um, I mean, head and shoulders above better in WCW than any of the couple of runs he had in the WWF, and that would be Barry Windham. Oh, yeah. Barry Windham, I, I guess I can see why... The fans, I don't know. I guess I don't see it. Like, to me, 84, Windham, and Rotunda in the WWF is boring. They're boring. And then the stalker was just Fat Barry Wyndham, And, you know, he was out of shape. And, yeah. And then, you know, they, they tried with the Blackjacks thing. And, and then the godforsaken NWA. Nothing just ever worked for Barry to me in the WWF. But he went to, went to WCW for most of his run in WCW when he cared about himself and he cared about his health. He he did – I mean, he had fantastic matches in the 80s. And then and then the Coupe de Grasse is he got to end his career by being in the West Texas Rednecks. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. So, I mean, and you know, you – you could always tell when Wyndham was excited and happy with what he was doing because he really put a hundred percent in, and when he wasn't, he just was like Fat Barry Wyndham that didn't care. I've never I've, seen I've never seen a wrestler whose weight fluctuated like his did either. Like you'd have like one you you can watch pay per views month to month, and he's like twenty pounds heavier, and yeah.
1: <laughs> but it, it, I think the 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 time that he had the biggest chance to make it in the WWF honestly was when he went over and. They made him the Widowmaker, which, whatever. Mm-hmm. They want to make him the Widowmaker, that's fine. Everybody had a nickname, everybody had a gimmick, yeah. and it's actually not a bad nickname no. if he would have been, like, the Widowmaker Barry Windham. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, then not he, just you know, the Widowmaker.
0: But then that got floored because of the uh, counterfeit bills, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he had to, he, him and his dad disappeared for a while. Well,
1: <laughs> it, it, he didn't even do it. Like, that's the thing. Like, his, his brother and him, or his brother and dad were, counterfeiting money. It wasn't even Barry that did it, but Barry felt he had to go because he had to take care of his family or whatever. Yeah. But I just, I think if uh, how I would say it is Barry Wyndham probably didn't see, you know, WWF going much further with him than what he was, or I don't think he would have said, eh, I'm just going to go. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: hmm
0: The last guy on my list, and I would not have said this a couple of years ago, but, Because when growing up, I didn't get to see this promotion. So the past couple of years have been my biggest exposure other than reading about it on magazines or seeing something here and there on YouTube or whatever. But actually watching the promotion. And that's Mid-South Wrestling and Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan was better in Mid-South than he was in the WWF or the WCW. Like, it's almost a completely different Jim Duggan. Yeah. And having now watched enough of it to make an educated statement on it. Because, you know, a couple of years ago, I've been like, I don't know, all I know is Jim Duggan from WWF, WCW, because I never saw Mid-South. But now that I've watched at least a few years of Mid-South, I can honestly say... Jim Duggan in Mid South was badass. Cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like
1: I think he almost had like a thing like the the bushwhackers. Where why,
0: why why work so hard if I don't have to? Yeah, you know, it's like
1: I've been beating my body up for this long and now I'm up here and they want me to throw a board around
0: mm-hmm. and act like just an idiot. Hose. <laughs>
1: And, and act, like, you know,
0: act semi-retarded and <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm making good scratch. And he turned, uh, he turned that gimmick into like, what, a 10 year run or what? I don't know. Yeah. ten years.
0: Uh, he but. was there for, from 87 to 93. So six years, but six yeah. or seven years, but still, and he
1: probably made more money in that six or seven years oh. than he made anywhere else. So yep. <laughs> more power to him. Not saying that he wasn't better elsewhere, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but more power to him.
0: Yep, he took the Hulk Hogan Coco approach. Beware. Coco Beware did the same thing. He took the Hulk Hogan approach. Hulk yeah. Ho- Hulk Hogan said, "Had he never got the the, had he never started doing what he did in WWF, and he kept wrestling like he did in Japan and the AWA, his career probably would have been ten years shorter."
1: But I mean, Coco Beware did the same thing. People talk about how great Coco was in Memphis, and he was in shape and everything like that. Say, so well. He probably couldn't
0: afford pork chops and <laughs> steak
1: and lobster. And then he got to the WWF and he was like...
0: Like Dutch Mantel said, we're not even on food. Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course he got a little heavy. Uh,
0: Frankie liked it too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got that, he got that, the, the, uh, what, the premium bird seed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that for that list. When we, right. we'll take a break we'll come back because uh, your, your host here has to pee and when we return we will talk about some feel good moments top 5 feel good moments um, when we return here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast Alright, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And uh, at this point in the show is where we always try to get the plugs in. I want to remind you to join us on Facebook at the We Can't Wrestle Facebook page. And um, also send any questions that you have. And I have a few geared up. I've only gotten a couple in the past month or so. But you can send any questions you have for the uh, hosts here. To we can't wrestle at gmail dot com the reason I'm not gonna ask them today is ironically this may hurt our egos, but both of the questions that I have in the quay, if you will, right now are for Kyle, so all
1: right that's cool, yeah. and I would like to say that um I don't have the names in front of me because i I don't have my phone right in front of me, but I had sent out some follow us um um, requests to some people that I know from well not know personally but like you know like through some other Facebook mm-hmm. type uh, pages and they've liked and followed it so anybody that's done that I appreciate it.
0: Welcome guys, welcome if you're new listeners, welcome. And, I don't know uh, if you've noticed that our follows went up on Facebook. Yes, yes, it I might have. be because of me. And actually, our uh, our listener count has gone up too. That's good. So that's good. I don't have that right in front of me either because I don't have my phone right in front of me either to look at it. But I know it's our listener, played. I know our listener well, count went up because I looked the other day. Good. <laughs> yeah. Also, just one, a couple other things. Um, do uh, click the link on our Facebook page that I put up uh, at least once a week to support Jerry Gray, great professional wrestler from the nineteen eighties, the Mid Atlantic World Class Championship Wrestling eras areas. Uh, fighting stage four cancer, and fuck Jake Roberts. And also, don't forget, if you want to listen to a non-wrestling podcast, you can listen to the Motley Soup podcast with myself and my beautiful wife, Kendall, which uh, we try to get one of those out at least a couple of times a month as well. The latest episode does not feature my blowhard ass hardly at all. It's her and a couple of her friends chatting about things. It's kind oh, of... Oh, her
1: friends get invited. <laughs>
0: your family
1: who has put out a I will appear on your program has not. I guess it's too highbrow for the likes of me.
0: (laughs) Speaking of lowbrow, let's continue the We Can't Wrestle podcast. (laughs) Okay. Feel good moments. That was not a feel good moment, but these will be feel good moments. Feel good moments in wrestling, and I'm going to start this one. All right. First one, and mine are not in any order at all. Uh, Just five, what I think are really cool, feel-good moments. Mine
1: will be, the last one that I say will Mm -hmm. be what mine is. Okay. That's my first, but the other ones are interchangeable.
0: First one that I have is from uh, 2008. It is the Ric Flair Retirement Ceremony that took place on and after Monday Night Raw, the day after WrestleMania 24. Yeah.
1: Um, that's a good, I almost put the deal with, uh, after he had his magic triple H.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Oh, the, the Greensboro? The, yeah, cause that almost, like, to me that one's a little better because I don't think Flair knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I'm not saying that yours isn't, I mean, and I'm not saying that Flair wasn't genuinely, like, you know, overcome with it,
0: but, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, um, Undertaker coming out and saluting him, Rick or Vince McMahon,
0: Vince McMahon Vince being McMahon. Vince McMahon,
1: yeah, and hugging him and all that shit. Yeah, that's good stuff. One,
0: one of the two of the coolest moments in that, to me, because just because it's, I don't want to put it, two of the coolest moments in that one, to be honest for me, are seeing him with Randy Orton and seeing him with Batista. Because not only did he get to pass his his legacy and his knowledge on to, like, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, but he got to pass it on to another generation of guys. And seeing seeing that was really cool, too. So, that one's on there for me. All
1: right. Anything else on it?
0: Nope. All right.
1: Um, I'm going to go with uh, when Mick Foley won the WWF
0: title on Monday Night Raw. A really feel-good moment. A fun moment, yes. Him doing the laps around the ring, celebrating.
1: Yep, celebrating with his buddies, talking to his kids. Mm -hmm. All the everybody in that building wanted that. Didn't think that was going to happen, but wanted wanted that that to happen. And when it did happen, they were like, "Holy shit, it just happened!" (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like I doubt there was I. Highly doubt there was anybody in that entire building that was like, ah, oh, fuck that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: At, well, and not to mention, that's one of those moments you look back and you see... You, it's one of the reasons that us... Uh, uh, aged, not old, but aged wrestling fans hearken back to the days of yore. Because now everything is so sanitized and predictable almost. Yeah. I mean, you know, nowadays you have your oh my god moments once in a while, but not anything that really captures people's emotions like a moment like that did. And yeah, I mean, even with it being a pre-recorded show and and WCW trying to spoil it, you know, the proof is in the pudding for how much people loved Mick Foley because the minute they found out he was going to win the title, even though they knew he was going to win the title, they switched over cuz they wanted to see him win the title.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And and the and you could and I know he knew he was going to win it and everything like that but it was a thing where you could tell that even though he knew it was going to happen and all that it, the guy genuinely appreciated it you know what I mean yep
0: yep absolutely good good pull on that one thank you next one for me is wrestlemania 17 the return to the WWF of Bobby Heenan and Mean Gene Okerlund.
1: I didn't even, I mean, that's a great moment. And I didn't <laughs> even think about that one, to be honest.
0: Watching Bobby look around like I'm back home again. <laughs> yeah. It's such a cool moment. Like, God, I've been in the, what do he call He called WCW hee-haw or whatever. <laughs> Something like yeah. Yeah, the wrestler's going to pop up out of the corn. <laughs> yeah. But to watch him, yeah, especially Bobby. Like, Gene, it's cool. But to watch them return to the WWF together, even just to call that stupid gimmick battle royal, was... And then uh, he says. then he says, by the time the Iron Sheet gets to the ring, it's going to be WrestleMania 27.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's one for me. I didn't have a whole lot on it. I just, like, whenever I watch WrestleMania 17, I pop and smile for that moment, so... Yeah. Um... <clears throat> The next one on my list, and yeah, people
1: can poo-poo it all they want and whatever. And I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, what? It it still is cool to me, Mm -hmm. is um, WrestleMania 7 when Macho Man loses his career, but he gets his woman back.
0: That's actually on on my list. Oh,
1: now now it isn't. (laughs) It's when the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth get back together. Yes. It's another one of those things where... Like, I know that even, like, jaded male wrestling fans maybe weren't cheering it, mm-hmm. but they were like, that's cool.
0: Do you know what, you the, know what I mean? well, and you know what the thing is? Like, here, here's my the thing. The story's awesome. Well, that – yes, the story's awesome. And they – I mean, people can say what they want, and there have been some – you know, I mean – Goldust Marlena blah 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 blah. There have been some great wrestling couples. Randy Savage and Elizabeth are the greatest wrestling couple ever. Like as far as yeah. a, a guy and a girl together as a couple, they're the they're it just for me. They are anyway. And on top of that, here is another thing I think that, it, and it it, 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 it the, like you said, the story was great, but also I think that if that would have been a wrestler like Hulk Hogan. Or Brutus Beefcake, and they had a girl, and that situation happened. The guy fans would have shit on it, but guy fans like Randy Savage because Randy Savage is a crazy badass. Yeah. So all of us are happy that the crazy badass has this woman. That kind of you know that's his that's his woman. You know she she keeps yeah, and him, she keeps him stable, man. And that's and the <laughs> cool thing of the
1: story is that he's insane, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um he did all this shitty stuff and his woman left, you know. Mhm. And they were still technic- they were still actually in love with each other, but they weren't together and it took it took Randy Savage losing everything to realize that the only thing he really wanted or needed in his life was Miss Elizabeth? Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the guy just lost his career, but he don't give a fuck
2: because guess what? <laughs> He's got Liz his lady is
1: back. I got my lady, I got my woman back, and she's <laughs> the only one that's ever actually been there for I'm a, me.
0: I'm gonna kick this crazy hoe to the curb.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, he didn't even kick that crazy hoe to that curb. She kicked that crazy hoe. To, like she was like, uh-uh. <laughs> like Miss Elizabeth had never been physical. I mean, like she did the shit at WrestleMania six or whatever right. you know, and Dance with Sapphire yeah. or whatever. But she had never actually been, like, she had never gotten involved. Yeah, she never slapped
0: so, a hoe. <laughs>
1: yeah, but she was like, nope, bitch, this shit ain't happening. You think, you know he's, I mean? you think he's crazy? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, it's just a fantastic story. And
0: then the whole thing, like, like the proposal. Like,
1: like, honestly, honestly, and I'm glad it didn't, because there was cool shit after it. But if that would have been the end of the Macho Man Randy Savage... Mm-hmm. That would have been like the like probably one of the best like career caps yeah. or career ever.
0: Yep. The but. And then even the stuff after, you know, leading up to the like one of for me as a kid, one of the things like I can't hear someone say the name Elizabeth without going, Elizabeth Elizabeth, will you yeah. marry me? <laughs> and then yeah. at their wedding he's got that big ass feather. <laughs> It's like, yeah, tallest, it's, it's like the it's tallest. It's like the tallest feather. It's like a pelican feather. It's like the biggest feather. Oh good shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's good all story. Shit. All right, so we take that off my list and we go to next. So I've got two left, and the next one for me, and it might this one might be <clears throat> one that some people say, eh, because they're not a big as big a fan of the guy as I am, but a very good feel moment for me personally. Was when
1: Virgil won the <laughs> million dollar championship.
0: Jesus Christ! And then tried to sell it in Fort Wayne for three thousand dollars. So when we ta- when we talk about the more deplorable moments, we'll get to that one. No, I'm okay. talking about at SummerSlam 2002 and the return of Shawn Michaels. And he had a great match. Like come night in 1998 for a Shawn Michaels fan. It felt too soon, and for a big-time Shawn Michaels fan like me, it was depressing that he was... It seemed like he was never going to wrestle again. And, you know, every once in a while it would come up that, oh, he's back, he's 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 in the ring training in Texas or whatever, and you'd get your hopes up, and then it wouldn't happen. But then when it finally did happen in that SummerSlam in 2002, and then, to add to that, I mean, you talk about... Like, we talked earlier about there being two Scott Steiners or whatever... Yeah. Shawn Michaels has two careers, like you know what I mean. Like that the yeah. the pre ninety eight career, which was great, but you look at post you know two thousand two until he retired, the guy got a second chance to have a second amazing career in two different eras, and just to me, it's a great story. And you know, it you know, I mean, it is what it is as far as shoot. Interviews and stuff go with like Gregory Helms or whatever talking about Shawn Michaels still a piece of shit and some of that's probably sour grapes. I mean overall in the long run of things seeing as you know business is business but to me seeing as Shawn Michaels went from a guy that was popping Soma's. And probably could have died, like gone the way of like a, a, a Louis Spicoli or somebody, or Rick McGraw or something yes. like that. Yes, and uh, and and you know, it, you know what what people think about him professionally or whatever, that's one thing. But just the story of that, and the fact that now he doesn't do anything like that, and he's got a family that he loves. I mean, why begrudge a man that? You know, the guy really you know he turned his, he turned his fucking life around, and of story. And you know
1: what? Sometimes. When you say something like shitty or backhanded to somebody, mm-hmm. it like in my professional life, like at my place of employment, I have people that work with me and work for me
2: mm-hmm.
1: that sometimes I'll give them like a backhanded compliment because I I want more out of that person. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Like sometimes I'm not saying I, I want to be shitty with somebody just to be shitty with somebody. But, like to me, sometimes when somebody tells me like my boss tells me it's I a, can't do something it's
0: a good motivator
1: <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, you know what, man, fuck you, I can do that, yeah, and I'm gonna show you that I can do that. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and and like, and I know my boss thinks that sometimes, right, like, you know what I mean? He's like, I'm gonna tell you and he and I'm not saying that he's told me that, but I know sometimes he does that mm-hmm. he'll tell me he'll say. Oh yeah, you want to do that? Well, I'll I'll in a in a week from now I'll be able to tell you that you know I told you so, and I'm like you know what motherfucker? No, you're not. <laughs> and then when it's and I'm not saying that he's never been like you know what I told you so, but eighty percent of the time he's like you know what? Good job, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was gonna work. Mm-hmm. I'm like thanks, you know. Yeah. But, and and it's got to be even, and and I just, I'm just a retailer, so it's and, and I so it's got to be even. On a bigger scale of, like, a Shawn Michaels telling a Gregory Helms some backhanded compliment, it's like, well, go out there and show him that he's wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Go out there and show him that you're better than him. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what Shawn Michaels wanted people to do.
0: Because one thing I can tell you is that, you know, for anything that somebody like a bitter bitter guy like Helms would say, he probably won't say that now because he's back with the WWE now. Uh, He'll have a different tune about those things now that he's not sour grapes, my personal opinion. But also, he can say what he wants. People can say what they want about Shawn Michaels and politics. And if you talk about the Shawn Michaels up to WrestleMania 14, I would say I totally agree. But if I watch his career from 2002 until he retired, I never watched Shawn Michaels not put a younger guy over. Even if he won, I never watched Shawn Michaels bury anybody during that run. How many guys did Shawn Michaels help make? During that run, yeah, like Randy Orton, Edge. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I'll
1: use I'll use this as an example of what I was just saying. And he's one of the guys that is in the WWF that I will say that I'm a mark for, mm -hmm. and you know that I'm not lying when I say this. When Miz first got to the W, okay, and and it's not even just Shawn Michaels. When Miz first got to the WWE, Mm -hmm. no motherfucker wanted him there at all, right? At all okay and he took all that shit that they gave that that they gave him ate it and said you know what i'm going to prove like jbl says i like, i'm not worthy being in that dressing room and changing fine i'm going to change in the hallway or i'm going to change in the broom closet or i'm going to change in my car mm-hmm. until he says you can change in here mm-hmm. you know now when he was doing that diva search thing and he forgot the number and he looked at his wrist, like, checked his tape and looked at the wrist to get the number mm-hmm. and laughed it off and walked off. And then the next week, Shawn Michaels and Triple H made fun of him on it. The I've, I've watched interviews with him, and he said he was like, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was when DX made fun of me on television. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. if they're making fun of me on television, that means they're paying attention to me.
0: Right.
2: So well, that
1: means they out, They obviously see something in me if they're taking enough time to pay attention to me and then mention me later on.
0: And, you know, fast, fast forward 14 years later. 14 he's, years he's, later. He's, he's one of the top three people he's, in, this, he's in one. Of, he's Yeah, he's one of the mainstays in the WWE. Is he the world champion? No. But is he on every show? Does he always have something going on? You can't say that for a lot of the guys in that company. A lot of those guys in that company, they get a push and then they're lukewarm, and then they get a push and then they're cold. They always keep Miz hot. You know, he's always got something going on. He's never one of those guys that's waiting and and you know treading water. So, but I
1: mean, I know, like I said, I I didn't mean to get off on a tangent of no, that, but you're
0: but- right. You're right. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, that, and, and, no, it goes back to that, though. That, Sean, to me, Shawn Michaels, it's a feel good moment for that 2002 thing, especially in hindsight, because you see that it began a second chapter of his career where he got to kind of redeem himself. Yeah. So, all right. Next on your list, how many you got left? One, two?
1: No, oh, I got three.
0: Damn.
1: I'm not that tired, so it's okay. Um,. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my second title victory, and then I have two more after that. Okay, and it's because um, this one we could probably. I'm not saying it's we should breeze over quick, but I don't think it's going to be as quick. It's um, when Eddie beat Brock.
0: Well, there goes my list because <laughs> that was that was my last one. I, I was gonna I was going to equate that to what you were saying about Foley. It was one of those things you didn't think was going to happen, but when it did, you were really happy it happened. You were rooting for it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the last that was the last one on my list was Eddie winning the title at No Way Out 2004. He gets to hug his mom and it's just it's great. And and knowing knowing his personal story and everything he went through, the struggles he went through, and then getting to beat not any not just anybody, <laughs> but getting to beat Brock fucking Lesnar for the title. It's uh, great. It's great. And the coolest thing about that is the the I love the way that that match is booked. That match is not booked for Eddie to be like an oops champion because yeah. Goldberg's interference is not what you know what yeah. I mean.
1: Brock kicks out of it. Yes, and they keep going.
0: Yes, that that was. Like it was perfect that they did that because that other than that you know then it looks like Eddie's win was a fluke, but yeah. the way they booked it, it, Eddie's win was Eddie winning, and that was cool. And Brock, Brock to his credit, did a great job putting him over.
1: Yes, he did. Um, is it okay if we take a one quick break? Yeah. Okay. You can mark that. I just, I got
0: so, yeah, Eddie Guerrero and the WWE Championship victory. Definitely a feel-good moment.
1: All right. So, you don't have any left, right? Nope. All right. Um, the next one is... I think this one's awesome because... You know they try to say, like... I don't want to try to say. They try to say, but... When you see something on WWE or anything in wrestling in general that's supposed to be like a spontaneous moment or, Oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. And you know, it's like genuinely they're trying to honor this person or whatever, but Mm -hmm. they know like, like the Ric Flair birthday celebration, Mm -hmm. you know, he knew a lot of those guys, like there's, he didn't know, he knew like Ricky Steamboat was going to come out and Arn was going to come out, you know? And and he goes, Oh, ha ha. And he seems so genuine. And and I'm not saying he's not genuine about it. Right. They know this is happening. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, like when um what was it when Kevin Nash went in the Hall of Fame, DX came out, you know, or the click came out, you yeah. know? Yeah. He knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, he knew that was gonna happen. And um It's gonna sound weird when I say it, but have you ever seen when Charlie Pride goes into the country music hall of fame? No. Charlie Pride did not know he was gonna go in the country and he he is sitting in the crowd, okay? Mm-hmm. And I I don't remember the exact person that goes up that they're about. And they're like, "Yo, here's to Dr. Our next person. I don't remember exactly who it was. Mm-hmm. But they go up and they start telling the story. And the camera's on Charlie Pride. He doesn't know it. And as they're telling the story, they talk about how we're. And they're not saying who this person is, you know, they're right. building it up. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know. Basically, where Charlie Pride bought his, where this young man bought his first guitar, and when they start telling the story of where he bought his, first, where this young child bought his first guitar, Charlie Pride finally like realizes, like, holy shit, they're
0: talking about me. Yeah. They're
1: talking about me. Like they didn't tell him he was going into the hall. Like he was sitting in the crowd just watching people getting inducted. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm going with this, and it's a moment that I don't know a lot of people even think about, but it is a slambery 95. Okay. Gordon Soley. Gordon fucking Soley. Mm -hmm. When he gets put on WCW Hall of Fame by Dusty Rhodes, Mm -hmm. because he has no, he had no, like I'm saying like, I don't, I can guarantee that Gordon Soley had no fucking idea he was (laughs) going to that hall.
0: He was surprised as can be.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like the minute he realized they were talking about him, that guy started crying. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no fucking idea. And for it to be like a Dusty Rhodes doing it,
0: you yeah, know? Yeah.
1: It to me that's that that
0: that's a great fucking moment. And it's one of the classiest things that company ever did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like that company knew Gordon was leaving. Gordon was done. He wasn't going to have anything else to do with it. And it it seriously was one of the classiest. It's one of the classiest things any wrestling company's ever done. Yep. Like I, I'm just gonna say it right. WWE wouldn't do something like that.
0: No. Everything in WWE has to be choreographed. Yeah. Yeah. And and that
1: to me is not one that
0: of the... not that one guys accept that they're not being genuine. You know what I mean. But there would never be a surprise like that in the WWE. Yeah. Right? That you, you would know that you were going in.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Gordon Sully had no fucking idea. And it just, like I said, I think that's a great moment in professional wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the sad part is it happened in like 1995 in a Slam Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. maybe a lot of people don't know about it mm-hmm. or remember it. But there's times that I've put on that just to watch that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, that is a cool fucking
0: moment. Yes. Absolutely.
1: So, that was the second to last thing on my list. And when we were just talking about WWE and choreographed and all this, I know they do a lot of that shit. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is because they're a television program. And I know they do a lot of things for... um, investors and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. and there's usually some kind of ulterior motive or it's, it's somewhat genuine, but not completely, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah. A lot of look at us but, moments. Huh? A lot of look at us. Moment. That's what I call it. Look at yeah. us, you know? Yeah.
1: But to me in the last 10 years, the thing I think they did that they didn't give a shit if it really got any play, and I think it's the coolest thing they've ever done with their Hall of Fame, and it hits me in my feels, Connor. Yeah, when they put Connor the Crusher in the Hall of Fame. Yeah,
0: I I actually
1: have like I, I'm man enough to admit that when I watched that video, like with all them wrestlers and him with those like behind the scenes and mm-hmm. his dad
0: and all that shit, I cried a little. I cried. I did too, and. I actually have that as – because I had two kind of like honorable mentions for this in the back of my mind, and that was there. And the only reason I didn't put it on there is because I was like, there's no way Aaron's not going to have that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's no way that's not going to be on the list. So, yeah, it's Like if
1: somebody watches that that's never seen it before and doesn't cry a little bit, they're a soulless fucking human being, and I don't want to be
0: your friend anymore. Yeah, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Yeah, like, that's what you know. I'm
1: saying. Like you've never seen this? Oh, watch this. And then if they don't cry a little bit, it's like you're fucking dead inside, <laughs> you <a> prick.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I had that uh I had that in the back of my mind too. And like I said, that was one where I knew we'd both probably mention that one, so I didn't put it on my definitive list there. The other one that I had that I personally think is a feel good moment is um is Punk winning the title at Money in the Bank two thousand eleven. Yeah. Uh, but that's just me. I, I was a mark yeah. for that whole deal. But that was uh those were some good lists, I think. Of feel good moments.
2: Yeah.
0: Um if you're listening to the show and you have any of your own that you'd like to add, you can always comment below the post of the podcast or comment on our Facebook page and uh
1: yes, if you want to comment below b- me. <laughs> Go
0: ahead. <laughs> and we'll we'll mention you. On the, don't belong. When you said below, you sounded like uh, uh, Kevin, uh, Pollock. Fuck, Kevin Pollock in uh, To Hold Ten Yards, Don't Belong. Don't Belong. Don't Belong. Don't Belong. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the greatest comedic characters ever. That's one of the greatest comedic movies ever. (laughs) Is it whole nine yards or whole ten yards with the chicken scene? That fucking shit's great. That's the whole ten yards. He's he's trying, yeah, it's whole ten yards. He's trying not to hit the chicken.
1: And he's like, You killed Blanche. (laughs) You ran over Blanche.
0: Oh, fuck. All right.
1: He knows his chickens.
0: (sighs) All right, so now that we got those. What happened to my voice there? Piece of pie. <laughs> piece mean, of pie, piece of cake? No, what'd piece of say? pie. what I say? Piece of pie. Be- what'd, what'd you, you say?
1: say? <laughs> no, he said, what'd you say? Piece of cake. What'd, what'd I, I say? say? Piece of pie. Piece of pie.
2: Piece of pie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then when he gets, when his boy gets like, knocked out by the knockout gas and then all the ambulances drive by, and he's like, ah, oh, here we go. Like, you know, <laughs> yes. it's <his> fault. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, That's uh, good.
1: those movies are great. Yeah, they are.
0: <laughs> those are like some of the greatest ensemble cast movies ever made. Oh, yeah. they're great. <laughs> so do we want to, we're going to take a break or what? If you want, or, it's up right. to you. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, our final segment will not be, well, you know, it won't be wrestling, but it will be. Uh, this our... will also be,
1: how long have we been doing this? not this show but like you know not this particular show but the entire podcast
0: uh since uh it's been almost 2 years this is the hardest
1: list that we've made in the entire two at least for me in the entire 2 years and it's changed like 5 times
0: me too like if i had honorable mentions i'd have like 26 honorable mentions yes um cuz i would i wound up whittling out a lot of like half-hour sitcoms and stuff and going with more serious shit So the same thing yeah it was tough but uh, i think it'll be worth it when we come back after the break we will both discuss our top five favorite television shows here on the we can't wrestle podcast we'll be right back after this Alright, welcome back wrestling fans of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And uh, just so you know, you can check us out on any podcast uh, podcast app that you use. Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. We are available everywhere on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. So, I mean, if I'm going to give a personal uh, recommendation of one, I say Podcast Addict. Just because you can download the podcast and not have to be connected to the internet to listen to it. You don't have to stream it, but that's just my personal opinion. But anyway, the next topic on the show, are five favorite TV shows of all time. And like Aaron said, this is a, this was a toughie. This is a toughie. Yes. It's tough for, for fans of television shows and especially episodic TV shows and et cetera, et cetera, to pick one, or two or five to be your favorites, so had to kind of whittle it down. And uh, I'll let you go first, brother. All right. Um,
1: oh, sorry. The uh, first one on my list is—it's the only one on my list that is still an active television program, and that is the
0: Blacklist. I've never seen the Blacklist. You should watch the Blacklist. What is uh, what is the premise? What is what is what is so special about this show?
1: For one, it's um, main star is James Spader. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays Raymond Red Reddington, and he is the FBI's most wanted felon, and he um, has this obsession with a young FBI agent and it's supposedly his daughter. And there's a lot that goes into it. And if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but every show, like every episode of this show is like a movie. It's like movie quality. Mm -hmm. And basically what he does is he turns himself in and he, like they've been searching for him forever he finally turns himself in because this woman that he has a um, obsession with, he, he she is the only one that he will deal with. Like he'll tell he basically comes in and this guy is like the greatest criminal on the face of the planet, and he has this blacklist of all these different criminals that the FBI is trying to get, and he's going to help them catch these people but every time there's some kind of catch to it that they don't realize. Okay. You know what I mean? Like like at the beginning of it, he's searching for certain things and he, it, it, he has an end game and nobody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. So every time he feeds them a member of the blacklist, it's because he wants to grab something. He wants to get something out of it from that criminal that he's helping them catch. Gotcha. So the feds work with him because they're like, this guy's a piece of shit, but he's helping us catch other pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. He may be a piece of shit, but he's our piece of shit. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's really, really good. And if I talk too much about it, it's going to spoil a lot of stuff. <laughs> but you, you owe it to yourself to
0: watch The Blacklist. I will check it out. And hopefully all of our listeners do, too. Um, Actually, I think only one of mine is also still on the air, technically. But anyway... First one on my list is uh, definitely one of my favorite shows. I'm a sci-fi geek, um, and I have to put X Files on there.
1: X Files is a good show. I like when it came out on Netflix. Like when it came back out, I shouldn't say came out on Netflix, right? But when like Netflix dropped it, like they were like, "Oh, we're gonna drop," you know, mm-hmm. X Files. Here's it is Here it is. The only knock I had on it was that not every show still holds up. Right. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Well, and I can see that from a perspective of if my 16-year-old son were to start watching it now, yes, you're right. But for me personally, because I I watched it in the moment and now, it all still holds up for me personally. Yeah. Um, And... Uh, the thing about one of the things I love about the X-Files not only is is it's like it's like the um, it's like the coast to coast of TV, like it explores it throughout the you know, the, the show starts off just talking about aliens. OK, but as yeah. the show evolves, it ta- any outer fringe kind of thing at some point during that show, they cover it in an episode. Yeah. And the other thing I'm, I'm not th- saying it's not a good show. Oh, I I'm know. I that. know. But the other thing I really love about X-Files is it's one of those shows that has lots of really cool – because there is an ongoing story throughout the show. But X-Files has a lot of really cool episodes that you can watch as standalones. Yeah. you know I can go and say, oh, man, I love the fucking episode with the fucking guy under the bed. You know, if anybody knows what episode I'm talking about, or I love the episode with this character, or I love the episode with this case. My my favorite one is the Circus Freaks. That's a great ep. That's a fucking awesome episode. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite X-Men like, Miles episode. Like it's like even 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 Mulder is weirded out by, by that yeah. shit. But yeah, I mean, it's I just I love that show. I, I and like I said, I have the, the I have,
1: geek eat the geek eats like the the twin that's come out of the guy's stomach. Yeah,
0: it's, it's great.
1: <laughs> and then I, I like that one. And then my other favorite one is um, the one where the, it's like the revival tent. Yeah, and that's, that's a really. About. That's like a The really... guy gets burn up at the beginning of it, and the yeah. kid heals him, and all that shit. That's yeah, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my. That's my second favorite
0: my, one. My fa- my favorite non non I guess non story like overarching story episode is the one with the hillbilly family where they have the mutant dude under the bed, and like it's, yeah, uh, that one's that one's fucking crazy. I love that episode. But yeah, overall, X Files one of my favorite shows and like i said it's it's a show that I have probably ten to fifteen episodes that you know i've I've only ever watched the series all the way through maybe two times, but then I also have those ten to fifteen episodes that every you know once every year or whatever I'll go back and watch those so okay. all,
1: right. all right good pull um, next one on my list is Breaking Bad yeah that's also
0: on my list
1: <laughs> It should be on everybody's list.
0: Breaking Bad is. Uh, okay, I'm going to tell a funny story before before we even talk about the show. My wife, my co-host on the Motley Soup podcast, when I watch Breaking Bad, she refuses to watch it. And you know what she says? <laughs> she won't watch Breaking Bad like she will not watch it. And I'm like, "Why won't you watch it? It's fucking great. Great." She's like, "Every time you're watching it, it makes me nervous." <laughs> I don't know why but the show makes my wife nervous but Breaking Bad is Walter White's one of the greatest characters in television history. Yeah. His transformation throughout the show from hapless cancer victim to drug kingpin. drug kingpin is
1: And it's 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 the it the best part is what really sets it off and in my opinion, it's what really sets it off, is when his boss tells him that he had a call off, so now he has to go do wipe downs, mm-hmm. and he loses his mind, <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck you,
0: fuck you, and your fucking
1: eyebrows," and then he just knocks everything over as he, on the
0: way out. He does, and he does in that scene what is one of my favorite expressions. You know what one of my favorite expressions is? It's that losing your shit. <laughs> I love that expression. That guy lost his shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's great.
1: And when he throws the pizza up on the roof, <laughs> it's one of the
0: greatest scenes in the history of television. One of the most one of the most intense. That show has possibly the most intense the most intense moment in television history when he watches Pinkman's girlfriend OD and just lets her die that is one of the most intense like gut wrenching you know what I mean I I was like oh my god
1: honestly Pinkman has the worst he has has the worst see like I don't want to say gut like he has, out of all the characters that have anything to happen to them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Pikmin has the worst. Is when he's stuck in that car and Andrea or whatever opens the door and Todd shoots her in the head. Yeah. Because that, that biker gang's trying to prove a point. That scene in that show is like
0: intense. <laughs> yeah,
1: like that's some That's some hardcore shit. And Out of all the people in that show, Pinkman's the person I feel the worst for. Yeah. Honestly, because, I mean, that guy, he he had a shitty life before, but, like, out of everything that... And I know he ends up saving his life at the end of it, but Mm -hmm. out of everybody that Walter White... Walter White, other than his family, you know, like, you know, his kids and his wife... Mm -hmm. Walter White... Injecting himself into Jesse Pinkman's life ruins that guy's life. Yeah, just yeah. ruins it. <laughs> Absolutely, Walter White ruins everybody's life around him. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, you root for the guy. <laughs> yep. you know what I mean. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> He's the biggest douchebag underdog ever.
1: Yeah, and then you think like when you start the show, you think Hank is just going to be a douchebag moron,
0: and he turns out to be a fantastic man.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a fantastic. He's great at his job. He's a great police like like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he you think the guy's a blowhard at the beginning of it, but you're like, "No, this guy's really good at his job." And it it's, it it the characters on that show are so well defined and and everybody on that show evolves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like not one of those characters is stagnant the entire
0: time. Absolutely. Great great show. show. So we take Breaking Bad off my list. Next on the list... Oh,
1: by the way, Todd, Mm. worst person on the entire show. (laughs) For one, he takes a great business model and just fucks it up. (laughs) And out of everybody on the entire show, he's the most heartless douchebag on the entire... Like, when you first... When they first meet Todd, mm. you think though the, the Jesse Pickman and Walter White think, "Hey, we got a we got we got a rube here." You know, yeah. we got a Mark. Turns out he's the sickest, most callous motherfucker <laughs> out of the whole group.
0: Sleeper characters too on that show. Jesse's two buddies, Combo and Badger. Yep,
1: <laughs> and uh, the skinny I got, yeah. guy. I Forget Skinny Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skinny Pete, Combo, yeah. and Badger. <laughs> I I, uh and and what's he what what when Combo gets shot? What does Walter White say? He's like, I I feel bad for I feel bad that 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 Corn Nut got shot or whatever. (laughs) Jesse Pinkman's like, his name's Combo, man,
0: (laughs) and that's not even his name either. But yeah, (laughs) his
1: name's Combo.
0: So next on my nickname, next on my list, you you don't have a comedic bone in your body. Or not a true comedic bone in your body. If you do not enjoy Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yes. Mystery Science Theater three thousand is a a very simple show as far as production goes. But one of the greatest like like <clears throat> like I said before. We were talking about how it was hard to make this list. How I knocked off so many, like, sitcoms and stuff like that that I think are just fantastic. But as far as something comedic goes, Mystery Science Theater had to be up there because there's, there's, it's so creative and it's so funny. And, and it's just, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic.
1: I mean, And and I, I started putting comedy shows on my list, but I was like, I'm going with, and I'm not saying it's not, but I was like going with like true T V shows. Yeah. You know?
0: And MST MST three K is the only comedic show that made it through my filter there. Just because like I know a lot of people would look at it and say, well, it's just goofy comedy. And it is, but it's also to me very profound. It's it's not I don't even think it's goofy comedy. It's, I think it's super it's, intelligent. It's, yeah, it's it's satire at its best. Yes. And uh if you have never watched it, you're I mean, you're missing out. Uh, if you don't enjoy it, you should probably check to see if you have a sense of humor and a pulse. And, yeah, just a fantastic show. I mean, as long as you're a guy. Yeah. It's really a girl show. Well, my wife likes it. Yeah. But my wife's also a comedic woman. Yeah. So, but, the I mean, <laughs> I, I, there's there's too many to name favorite episodes, but, I mean manos the hands of fate is great Um, mitchell mitchell um uh, of the new one what's the fucking um uh mac and me mac and me me was great
1: of the new one that was great the one with like the bigfoot on new one (laughs) yes episode (laughs) of the new newer season that one's great when the little boy walks in the room, he's like, "My beat, this beat is very foul." Nice. <laughs>
0: that guy! Oh my god, I popped so hard for that. That yeah. was fucking great. That's,
1: that's good shit. <laughs> um, um, my personal favorite mystery
0: science theater of
1: all time is Pod People.
0: Very good. Manos, Hands of Fate is my favorite, but Pod People's fantastic too. Um, oh,
1: look at you. You're a, you're a hairy potato. <laughs> oh, you're a fluffy potato. Or when he, at the beginning of it, when, like, the... Because the movie makes no fucking sense. Like, if you watch the movie without, without them, them, it makes no fucking sense. Ooh. There's Hunters, and then there's some eggs, and there's some Norwegian rock band, and it's fucking... All over the fucking place. <laughs> and when the kid is, like, looking in the fucking telescope. Yeah. And the and the spaceship goes by it. And it's like, whew! And then the cat's like, meow! <laughs> and, and the boy jumps. And then fucking Joel's like, that darn cat. <laughs> that
2: shit's so funny.
1: And then when Trumpy, like, <laughs> makes the room go crazy...
0: Ooh, shit! Yeah, they're
1: like we're in a Peter Gabriel video I wanna be a sledgehammer And all that shit it's, Pod people <laughs> is, is the greatest mystery science theater of all time
2: <laughs>
1: Every time that bearded hunter man Stands up mm-hmm. And they have like a lower shot of him They're mm-hmm. like huzzah <laughs> It's fucking great
0: Alright MST3K Yes
1: I should have put that on my list.
0: That's all right. We covered it. So there you go. All right. Um, Next on my list is Mad Men. Mad Men's a fantastic show. Another one of those ones that I was like, God damn it. Like, the making this. If I would have made this list with all my favorite shows, we would have been here for three hours just talking about that. Mad Men is also a fantastic show.
1: And a show it took me three years to get you to watch.
0: Yes, you're right. You're right. I I was, the reason I was originally resistant of Mad Men was that I am not usually, being honest, I am not usually, like as far as period pieces go, to be honest, I'm not usually, other than gangster movies, a fan of stuff. I don't know why, but stuff set in the 50s and early 60s. It just does not appeal to me. So I didn't think that that show would appeal to me, and then I watched it, and I thought it was fantastic.
1: It's Multi-layered, yes. It's, it, it it it's it's like it, it, it's a show, it's a show that there's like eighty characters in the show, and like only one of them is redeemable. <laughs> But you still root for these people. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don Draper is not a redeemable person.
0: No, he's a misogynistic asshole.
1: Yeah. However. <laughs> like like I said, with a Walter White, you still, for some reason, you kind of root for this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, the only guy that is, I shouldn't even say guy, the only character that's redeemable in the entire show is Ken Cosgrove. Yeah. Ken Cosgrove has no right, like no reason for being associated with these people at all. <laughs> He's like the only one that just wants to have a family life, and sh- is like, you people are horrible. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he wants to do things the right way, and he doesn't want to fuck other people over. He just wants to do his job and go home and write his old science fiction stories. He's like the only redeemable character, but. For some reason, you know who my favorite character in the entire show is?
2: Mm. Oh, Roger well.
0: Sterling. Yeah, no, Roger Sterling's my, my my favorite scene in that show is the stairs scene. Yeah, where he's like, trying to When he's he's going up the stairs, and then he's like they go to the meet, goes to meeting with the Japanese guys. The and he's he gives them like the one minute sign and then he just goes yeah, <laughs> and... he just pukes. It's <laughs> great. Um
1: the like, my, my favorite Roger Sterling line is like, you know, when the British take over mm-hmm. and they bring the John Deere tractor into the office. Yep. And they're all kind of hammered or whatever, and the girl tries to drive it, and then she runs over his foot,
2: mm-hmm. the
1: British guy's foot, and then they're all at the hospital. And, <laughs> and I probably would have laughed at this too. And Don Draper's character laughs at it. <laughs> Is you're like he's probably gonna lose his foot, and Roger Sterling's like, "Oh, right when he got in the door," <laughs> and I laugh Ooh. at that because I'm like, you know what? It's That's a, probably something I would say. It's
0: a great joke. <laughs> it's a great fucking joke. The um and and the te- the true testament, like I said, to Mad Men is folks I am not a guy at for again for some reason as far as, as far as period pieces go when it comes to TV shows and movies I'm not a fan of stuff set in the 50s and early 60s much like I'm not for cop shows I'm not a big cop show guy but that show actually it sold me it was it was a great show and like Aaron said he had to twist my arm to watch it and once I watched it I was hooked and it is definitely one of the best TV shows ever made
1: and and my like, the right when he got into the door is the fucking funniest line in the entire history of that <laughs> show. But, to me, the greatest scene of that show is, because, you know, Don Draper actually is in Don Draper. Right. You know, is when he gets kicked out, you know, like, he gets pushed out of his own company, mm-hmm. and he takes his kids back and shows them the i'll just say what it was the whorehouse that he grew up in yep and his kids are looking at it and he looks at them and they're like where's that or what is that and he's like that's where i come from Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's that, that moment when he's like you know what all these people that kick me out they come from fucking they all come from money. They all come from wealth. They all come from, like, you know, Ivy League schools. I fucking came I, up.
0: I earned it. I built Absolutely it. Absolutely
1: fucking nothing. And that's when he's, that's that moment when he realizes I'm going to go in there and I'm going to show all these motherfuckers mm-hmm. I earned everything I got. And that's the moment when you realize, you know what? He might not be the greatest guy in the world, but fucking Don Draper busted his fucking ass. Mm-hmm. He hustled to get to where he was at. And then another fucking funny scene, and then we'll go on to the next show. Is when they're getting ready for his daughter's birthday, and like he builds, he's building the fucking um, dream house or the little playhouse or whatever. Yep. And he keeps drinking the entire time, <laughs> drinking, drinking, and his wife's bitching at him. And then he's got to go get the cake, and he's fucking hammering. He <laughs> yes, the cake, he drives right past the, the house. And then he gets right by the house, and he sees all this, the people at his house. Just drives on and that shit, So then he just keeps fucking driving.
0: And <laughs> hey, you know fuck. what? Whether and then he's
1: eating the cake,
0: <laughs> whether whether you're Don Draper, whether you're Don Draper or whoever you are, as a married man with a family, we have all had one moment <laughs> where we just wanted to drive on past the house, and that, that's what that motherfucker <laughs> did that night.
1: And then yeah. he just fucking sat in that car and ate the cake himself. <laughs> it's great.
0: So next on my list is The Sopranos. Oh, yeah! Scratch that off mine. The Sopranos is um, the Sopranos is possibly. I
1: wrote that down as being the greatest show ever made. But
0: see, it's not. It's my second favorite show ever made. My first one is. And you'll, you'll, when I say it, you'll go, oh, yeah. But anyway, The Sopranos is the best show ever, especially for guys. The Sopranos is definitely a guy show. Uh, my wife hates it. <laughs> How do you <laughs> she, hate The Sopranos? Not, she does. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like it at all. She doesn't like, but see, I like Goodfellas, and I like Godfather and all that. She doesn't like mobs, mob movies either, so it's just not her deal. Uh, I've tried to explain to her that Sopranos is so much more than that, the story, and it doesn't work, so it's never going to work. <laughs> but The Sopranos is, I mean, from character development to writing to uh, just story in general, everything, it's it's, its it's epic. It's an epic TV show it's yeah it, it it you know a lot of a lot of shows are a lot of hype and you know it's like eh, it's all right that show is a lot of hype and lives up to every minute of its hype
1: they don't they don't leave anything left undone either right
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know what i mean like if if they start like i don't know like if they start something in season three and they might not go right to it in season four but then they might come back to it in season five, and they, that guy's going to get offed. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Tony doesn't have, like, the um, the cop friend that he has, or I shouldn't say friend, but, like, the cop that works for him that he has, like, follow Milfi around and everything yeah. like that. He's mm-hmm. not on every episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? So it, it, it almost got it to where...
2: You Some, almost forget about yeah, that guy.
1: Yeah, that's what I was Some, and Then he, he shows up again. You are like, ah, oh, hey, I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. He's been following her around, and and no character just disappears and you never hear from him again. Like that guy gets offed. You right. know what I mean? I am mm-hmm. sorry, I don't remember all the characters' names. But I, I, yeah, I don't either. But but he's got it, it, it's 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 the greatest show ever made, and the ending is great.
0: I love his relationship with the police. Yeah. Hey, come and search you motherfuckers! Yeah. <laughs> like, how many times in that show do they come in his house? You know, it's like you motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or the FBI
2: agent.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> after he's done. After he's done. Like, you're not. Uh, you're you're not my assignment anymore. He just. He's like, hey, he just likes Tony. You know yeah. what I mean? He's like, yeah, they're investigating. I'm yeah,
0: just saying, like how oh. many times have I been in your kitchen, Tony? You know. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's all right, man. But yeah, it, it's just a great show, and Tony Soprano
0: is. And even though she's a bitch during the whole show, you really feel feel for his wife. Yeah, you know, like she's just she's in this, and she loves this guy, so she's in it, you know. But she doesn't want to be in it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's 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 a fantastic. It, it's it's one of those shows that'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry, it'll make you cringe. You get attached to characters and then they die and you're sad about it. And then there's characters that you die and they die and you're happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I almost put that that you know there's
1: shows that I've watched where I've liked the show and and I might need to take like a quick break after this. Mm-hmm. But you watch a show and you're like, you know what, that character is really annoying, and they're mm-hmm. not supposed to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when you watch the Sopranos and there's an annoying character.
0: There's a purpose for
1: that. There, that, that
0: person's <laughs> that, supposed to be annoying. Tony's probably yeah. going to put a knife in that guy's throat. Yeah, that, that person's...
1: <laughs> like, like, Tony's mom mm-hmm. is annoying
2: <laughs> and
1: hard to listen to and grating on your mind. But it's because she's playing her role perfectly. Yep. Like, nobody, nobody in that show did a bad job at the character they were supposed to play. Right. Like I've just started watching The Sopranos again. I watch it. I start watching about once a year. I'm like, I'm gonna start watching The Sopranos again. And every time I watch it, I'm like, Tony's mom is horrible.
0: It is one of the two, it is one of the two shows that I watch yearly. Too, I watch that one and then my number one. So, yes, I agree with you. So there it is, The Sopranos. Hey, I don't.
2: <laughs> All right,
1: the last one on my list, and I could. Honestly, I mean, I know I said The Sopranos is the greatest show. This would probably be if I had to, like, if somebody told me you can't pick The Sopranos as your favorite show, which you basically just did to me, it would be um, Justified.
0: I also love Justified. It didn't, um, I didn't, it, it's funny because Justified actually got edged out because I decided to go ahead and put MST3K on my list. Um, because like you said, you kinda you kinda edge comedies out a little bit yeah. at a time. But just because and I think it's just because comedies don't have s- quote unquote overarching big stories, you know? Yeah. So but yeah, ju- if MST three K would not have been on my list, Justified would have been on my list.
1: Justified is amazing. Yes. It is a show like I said before with like the Sopranos that there's not a bad character on the entire show. I mm-hmm. mean there's bad character like bad guy characters, but there's every character on the show is great. Every storyline is good. Mm-hmm. Like like I almost put the I like I you know I'm a walking dead fan. Yes. There's been points of the walking dead where I've been like, "You know what? They're not really bringing it." You know what I mean? Right. But justified fucking brings it its entire uh 7 i believe 7 seasons mm-hmm. they bring it the entire
0: fucking time and actually, actually i want i want to make this you know we'll tie this into wrestling cuz this is a wrestling podcast but i i've made this observation in my brain before and i don't think i've ever brought it up to you and i want to see what you think about it okay cuz it's on a wrestling perspective from a wrestling perspective if you think about the nineteen eighties and early nineties in the WWF. You know who art is? Who's <laughs> art? Art is Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> Seriously, Art is the rational guy surrounded by fucking lunatics. Like art yeah. is just right. he is just he is just driven batshit crazy by his lunatics all around him. And yeah, art is Gorilla Monsoon. Like
1: so you know, would Boyd, would Boyd and Randall be Macho Man and Rick and well, Hulk Hogan? I was
0: even thinking more the the just the broadcast team. Like you know, you got Heenan and Mean Gene. and yeah, But I'm just saying, like, well, if you think about like
1: Boyd and yeah. Raylan would be like Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man. Yeah,
0: they have their eternal struggle throughout other feuds. Yeah, but they're still <laughs> they brothers come, at the end, yes, and they come together. Yeah, that's what they say. They come together. <laughs> they kind of
1: had a feud over the same woman for a little bit. Yeah, you know that type of thing. But like, there's not a bad character on the show. Um, Win Duffy's awesome.
0: Yes, I love Win Duffy as a <laughs> character. Um. Oh, what's his face? Ah, damn it! Why can't it? The guy with the eyes and the blonde hair. The villain. Oh, Robert Quails? Yes, yes. Yeah, that... when Wind Duffy's describing him, <laughs> he's like, "Who are you talking to?"
1: And they're like, "I don't know." Is, was it Robert Quails? I don't know who that is. Uh, Steely blue eyes, big baby head. <laughs> yeah, that's <was> him. <laughs> like, like, the show is funny. Like when when uh, <laughs> Dewey tries to impersonate <laughs> Raylan, <laughs>
0: fucking Dewey,
1: and he goes in and he, like he tries to steal all the the drugs or whatever, and he's and because he, he has Raylan's hat. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Raylan Givens, and I'm taking all your money. And, and all that. And he takes, steals it. And then the Bennocks accuse Raylan of it. And they have Raylan in the back of the van. And, like, those two hooker girls were there or whatever. And they open up the fucking van, and Raylan's sitting in there. Because, I mean, I'm not gay, but the guy that plays Raylan Givens a good-looking dude, you know? Yeah. Opens up the fucking van door, and they, like look at the prostitute and is like is this the guy that robbed you and he's like and she's like god no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, know that type of thing and then fucking, Dewey Cox, he winds up and getting Dewey. a bunch of money and, and Raylan shoots his pool fucking he, Dewey, Dewey man
0: god damn it Dewey <laughs>
1: Every everybody
0: on that show. Dewey, Dewey 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 might, Dewey might be, if not the best, one of the best hapless idiots in entertainment yeah. in entertainment history. That fucking show's great. <clears throat> it's
1: funny. It's it, it's funny when it needs to be funny. It's serious when it needs to be serious. It's everything. It, it, it's it's a tremendous show. Absolutely. And I had two. Uh, I had two shows that almost made my list. One was a comedy, and the other one isn't a comedy. And I'm sure you've seen the one. I'm, the comedy I'm going to talk about, and and we won't get too much into it. But have you ever seen? Have you ever watched Longmire? No. You should watch Longmire. It's a great show. It's like a detective show, mm-hmm. but it's set in like um like Wyoming. Mm -hmm. so it's like a it's a it's a cop show but it's set like in like a western environment but in modern day it's great and then um the comedy show that honestly got um edged out was 30 rock okay i think 30 rock
0: is probably my favorite sitcom of all time it's fucking funny as shit no it's great so my favorite T V show of all time. Uh you guys you, <laughs> you, sh- you guys can have Trump or Obama or whoever you want, but my president is Jed Bartlett. Oh, the West
1: Wing's fantastic.
0: My my well and you know, it's from from, from me being a a polit also a political guy, if you listen to my other podcast, you know that. The West Wing is my favorite TV show of all time. I just said earlier that I usually watch The Sopranos once a year. I also usually watch all of The West Wing once a year as well. Um, that that show is in, it's 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 this. I think it's the smartest TV show ever written. Um, it's 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 smart. It's funny. It's got. I mean, it's got an. If you really watch it and you have an intelligent sense of humor, it's got a great sense of humor. It. It has amazing characters um, that you really get attached to. Um, it's
1: got two of my favorite scenes in the history of television.
0: The best episode of that show has the greatest scene in the history of television, and that's the episode two cathedrals. Yeah, where he's having his monologue against Christ. Mm-hmm. I, I love the best part about that is when he talks about the um, oh, what's it called? Well, the ship that goes around and fixes other ships. And yeah. he's like, you took out... I mean, you took out... I forget what the kind of ship it is. But he's like, you took out this ship. You know what the ship's job is? Yeah, <laughs> it's a ship it's it's that goes it. around and takes a, take care of other ships. Uh, she gets her first car and you hit her with a drunk driver? What is that, supposed yeah. to be funny? <laughs> like, it's just...
1: But he puts his cigarette out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he puts his cigarette out yeah. in the church.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's great. And then my other favorite scene from that show... Is when that um, news reporter doesn't stand up.
0: Mm hmm. That the Republican
1: lady? Yeah. And then he goes through the whole Bible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Football. (laughs)
2: Like
1: he's, he, he verbally smacks that. (laughs) And then at the end of it, like, you know, he's like, when I walk in a room, everybody stands up. You Mm -hmm. know, that, that type of thing. And then she, she, she has to stand up in front of everybody. Like, the president right there was being a, he, he was, I don't want to say being a dick, but he was like, you know, like Jeb Bartlett's character, I, I know it's not real, mm-hmm. but there have been, like, his character was humble, but there were times where he was like, you know what? You will respect I, my I'm gonna I'm going
0: to show that I got the biggest dick in the room right exactly. now. <laughs> I have the biggest brain, at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and or, or like when he's, when uh, Mark Harmon's character gets shot, after he finds out that he doesn't have to uh mm-hmm. um
0: to guard CJ anything. anymore.
1: Yeah, and he gets shot and and he's talking to Brolin's character who's running against him, and he's like, Boy guns,
0: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then he looks at him he goes That's the moment I decided I was gonna I kick, your, kick ass. your ass <laughs> <laughs> you Boy. Know, that, that. <laughs> Boy guns I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then he goes through his thing, he puts
1: his cigarette out, and he goes, you know, when he said, boy guns, I don't know. That's the minute I decided I was going to kick you That's a great fucking scene, too. And there's so much funny things in it, like, um, Josh Lyman's funny as hell. Mm-hmm. When Rob Lowe's like, oh, all this talk of Chinese opera,
0: no sex. I just can't wait.
1: You know? <laughs> That's a great line.
0: <laughs> fantastic TV show. My favorite. It's it's my great. favorite show. Um, My honorable mentions that I wanted to bring up. You brought up one, or you brought up two, so I'll, br- I'll just throw two out there. If you have not watched it, if you are a geek and a superhero fan like I am, you have to watch Daredevil on Netflix. Daredevil is fantastic. And I'll tell you this. As a comic book fan, my whole life, of all the big-time villains in comics, I was never a fan of Kingpin, okay? Like, I could never get on board with Kingpin. Now, in the Daredevil series, James Gandolfini—not James Gandolfini. That's fucking Tony Soprano. Um, Fuck. Who's the guy from Criminal Intent?
2: Vincent something. Vincent,
0: Vincent D'Onofrio. He plays Kingpin. He made me a fan of Kingpin. He is he is absolutely fantastic in that show, and the character's great. And then, as far as comedies go, um, an honorable mention for me is The Office. Oh, The Office is great. The Office is so funny, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Michael and I, and I, Michael Scott is one of the most I, the best ironic characters in in television eh. history. Like that that character is just. It's brilliance. It's yes. brilliance. <laughs> he's a fucking idiot but you love him.
1: <laughs> when he when he runs, what's her face over? And they take <laughs> her to the doctor, she has rabies and he's like, "You're welcome." <laughs> you know, like, if I wouldn't ran you over with your car, you wouldn't if I wouldn't ran you over with my car, you wouldn't ever know <laughs> you had rabies. Oh
2: shit. <laughs> it's fucking funny.
1: <laughs> oh god. Fucking like Creed. <laughs> Creed's amazing. Yeah. Um everybody on that show, everybody, Stanley.
0: Everybody, is- and you know what's great about the Creed character? Like not to the extent of Creed like when he talks about Russian spies or whatever, yeah. but everybody in their workplace has that person that has, like, a vague background. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what what is his story, you know? Like, what what has this this old man been through? (laughs) And then, like, you
1: know how you watch a show, and you you go, okay, I know that guy, and I know that guy. Yeah. And then you watch it some more, and you try to look and be like, you know what, I might be that guy, (laughs) (laughs) you know? When I first started watching that show... I was like I think I want to I think I'm Jim. You know what I mean? Like I think I'm the the coolest guy there. And uh, and as that show went on, <laughs> you know who I decided I think I am? Who? I think I'm Stanley.
0: <laughs> You're just watching everything shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what the
1: fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> What the fuck? So like you're not you're not always gonna give your opinion, but when somebody asks you,
0: yeah, they're gonna get it, and gonna they're and you're, they're you're gonna get my fucking. Opinion. Get, they're gonna get it, and you're gonna get it. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go big here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like he's the only guy that like Michael Scott would back down from too. Like like he would go off on Michael sometimes. <laughs> you, Michael. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love it when Michael has his meetings like. He's the oh, he's always the first one that's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, got, got his, I got shit. I gotta go read my newspaper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah like, I,
1: I, I've I've become Stanley
0: in my life. <laughs> well, there it is, wrestling fans. The latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and we want to thank you for joining us for this week's show. Um, we will definitely be back next week with another edition of the show. And, um, I think next week we are going to play, first of all, we'll play gimmick versus gimmick, which, Okay. which will be, um, we'll take a wrestler. This isn't going to be like doink the clown versus, um, big Josh, big Josh. <laughs> well, yes, it would. Yeah. No, no, no. I was saying this yeah. wouldn't be gimmick versus gimmick. Like doink the clown versus sting. This is the same wrestler with multiple gimmicks and what was the best of those gimmicks. So um Aaron, if you wanna if you wanna pick like four or five, and I'll pick four or five and we'll see we'll see um if we come up with the same people then we'll have to pick others, but
1: Okay, and then um did you wanna do something else? This is the other idea I know we've done before where we've each watched a pay per view. Mm-hmm. How about um and if Kyle joins in, he can help too. Mm-hmm. How about we watch the same pay per view and compare notes?
0: That would work for me too. Do you have a paper? Okay. Do you have a pay per view in mind?
1: No, I have um, five of them, which obviously we're not going to do. Mm-hmm. But I was going to let you pick. So pick one through five, and whichever one you pick is the one we'll watch.
0: Let's go middle of the ground number three.
1: Number three will be WWF in
0: your house five. In your house Fizzive. All right. Okay. Let's do that. So next week we will have the Gimmick versus Gimmick, and we will review In Your House 5, and then we'll probably have a pop culture segment, but we'll come up with that on the fly. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Aaron, do you have anything else to say to our listeners before we sign off and I let you uh, go to sleep because you have to work in the morning? Nope. All right. <laughs> Which means Aaron has to work in the morning. <laughs> We want to thank you for joining us here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we appreciate your support, and we'll see you next week on the show. Thanks, wrestling fans.